This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. We're journeying together talking about our relationships and the reality that you and I have more relationships than you realize. You and I have a ton of relationships. We have coworkers, we have friends, we have people that moved into our life from Arkansas. We have all kinds of people in our life, in our world, employers and cousins and aunts and uncles and all kinds of people in our world. And I believe that God in this last uh, two weeks and even ending tonight is really teaching us how to have right relationships. I'll tell you, there is nothing more exhausting than having broken relationships. There is nothing that will devastate you than having fallout in your friendship, having a bad relationship, having something go south or go sour. And I believe God has called us into the abundant life. And the abundant life does not just look like great worship songs with our hands raised. It actually looks like our relationships being healthy and being intact flourishing you and I being healthy in our soul and healthy in our relationships if you're with me tonight can they get it amen in the church and so we're talking about the reality of relationships I want to end the series tonight I've been talking about how to prioritize your relationships the priority of relationships and I'm going to start tonight with Matthew chapter 13 Verse number 44 says again, this is Jesus talking. He says again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like, um, he's likening it to something else now. It's like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought that Pearl. I love this. Jesus is explaining what his kingdom is like, what entering into a relationship with Jesus is like. He said, you know what? When you receive grace, when you receive salvation, you enter into the kingdom, and you're so excited about entering into this right relationship that um, how will we liken it? It's almost like a guy that goes and finds a treasure. And it's in this big field, and he's so excited about this treasure that he doesn't just buy the treasure, but he actually buys the whole field because of his excitement, and he grabs the whole field because he's, he's got the treasure with, within the field. It's like a merchant, a merchant that's looking for a pearl, and when he finds the pearl, he takes everything that he has, he leverages that thing so he can get the pearl. Jesus is talking about what it's like to enter into the kingdom of God, and when you enter into relationship with this king, everything in our world begins to change. I want to preach a message tonight, and uh, if you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called Prioritizing My Relationships. Prioritizing, I believe, and we're going to talk about tonight, that when you and I enter into this kingdom, everything in our world changes, including our relationships. That we don't just get changed with standing right before the Father. We don't just receive everlasting life. We don't just receive forgiveness of sins, but also not just the vertical reality changes, but the horizontal reality changes. Our relationship with God and I believe also our relationship with others changes when you enter in this kingdom. You buy the field, you buy the pearl, and you say, I'm in this thing, heart and soul. I'm in the kingdom of God. Anybody thankful tonight that you have made that decision and you've said yes to grace and yes to salvation? A couple of golf claps are going off right now. Now 10, 12, 15. Come on, anybody thankful tonight? You got a field, you got a pearl, and you're from Arkansas. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. Thank you that it's unconditional. We receive tonight your unmerited favor and your undeserved blessing. Speak to us in a profound way. Thank you that you're for us and not against us. Thank you that you're with us. And God, we're praying tonight that you will show us your path to right relationship. Lord, we do not want to live a life that's right with you and wrong with others. But teach us your heart for humanity. We love you tonight more than life itself in Jesus name and all the la la land lovers said amen amen and amen and amen we got one clapper over here okay <laughs> clap happy amen I, 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 I really I really believe that one of the most important things that we approach our relationships with is the is the value of saying I am not just I'm not spending my time with people I'm actually investing my time with people I was recently with somebody, and they were asking me, who, who, who have you been hanging out with lately? Who, who have you been spending your time with? And, and I, I quickly went through my head, and, and I, could kind of, I could kind of gauge, well, I've been spending my time here and spending my time there. And I used the word spending, but I could, I could sense what I was really saying was, I've been investing my time here and investing my time there and investing into this person. And I believe that when you enter into the kingdom of God and you make that decision, all of a sudden you go from spending time to investing time. You go from just having some relationships to valuing your relationships. And I love this so much. Write down the first point tonight. Every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has a king. And our king, his name is Jesus. Watch what the Bible is saying. The Bible is teaching us that when we enter into the kingdom of God, not only do we become a new creation in Christ, not only does our disposition change. By the way, disposition is your natural propensity. It's your natural desire to sin. When you say yes to grace, your disposition changes. You don't want the cravings of the flesh anymore. Now you desire the cravings of the spirit. Now you don't rage against the things of God. You actually desire the things of God. You want to be righteous and holy and pure and upright. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today that when you entered in the kingdom of God, some change happened in the inside? Well, one of the things that happens is when you enter in the kingdom of God, you now enter into this king's world. So now it's not just my values or my heart or my objective or my political point of view, but now I actually live in this kingdom and he is the king. He is the ruler. He is the big deal. He is the guy. It's his shots. I I believe this with all my heart. Nobody is born a racist. Nobody is born hating a certain people group. But you become a result of your environment. You become a result. Someone teaches you what to value and what to not value. What to place and what to displace. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you now enter into his kingdom. And so now there is no ostracizing people groups. There is no minimizing people groups. Now there is a value that is placed on all of humanity. Because I'm in this kingdom, I value what the king loves. What he's about, I'm about. Come on, am I preaching to any? that when you stepped into a relationship with God, everything started to change. Your cravings started to change. Your filters started to change. Your values started to change. I'm believing that tonight you will realize that you are not operating in the, in the system of this world. You are operating within the kingdom of God. My sister told me this brilliant story this last week. I was talking on the phone. She was telling me about my five-year-old, my little nephew. This amazing story. That, that, that this thing happened on the playground, and, and he came home, and he, he told his mom. He said, Mom, I felt, I felt gross. I felt icky when this thing happened. And, and my, my, my sister, who is a brilliant parent, unbelievable, she began to explain to my five-year-old nephew 
this boy and this thing that happened on the playground, he might operate in the law of the world, but we actually operate within the kingdom of God. And she was teaching her son what it means to obey God's word and God's kingdom. I believe that when you walk in a relationship with God, you enter into the kingdom, you've got a field and a treasure and a pearl, and now you are relating to the king and what he loves, you love. What, you, what he's about, you're about. How he values humanity, you value humanity. Things that used to be your enemies, now they're people you pray for. People you used to write off, now you value and you think that they're going to get saved. Things that you used to see in others and despise, now they're, they're points of prayer, now they're points of compassion. What you used to write off on CNN or you used to write off what's happening in the Middle East. Now you've got a burden and a compassion. Why? Because when you enter into the kingdom, you've got a king. And the king, he loves all people. He loves all humanity. Anybody thankful tonight that the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords is teaching us and instructing us how to value humanity. Most of us, we, we so operate in law. I need, I need a list. I've got to make a list. I need a list. Because if I can get a list, I can wrap my head around. Just God, just tell me what to priority, prioritize. Is it, is it, is it you, then, um, then family, then, then spouse, then, then, then my disciples? Then just, God, just give me a list of people, and then I'll, I'll be good. I'll, I, I, I can obey. But the Bible actually teaches us one thing. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else takes care of itself. All of your relationships fall into place when you put God first. I heard Robert Moore say recently, when God is first in your life, everything in your life is in order. And when God is not first in your life, everything in your life is out of order. It starts with us saying, I entered into the kingdom. I have a king. His name is Jesus. And I actually place him first. I am seeking him in all of my relationships, my marriage, my friendships, my family. Everything falls into place if I'm right with him. If I seek him first and I place him first, he actually teaches me how to navigate all of the relationships in my life. If God is first, everything else is second. If God is first, everything else is in order. Anybody thankful tonight that you can make the decision to put the kingdom of God as the priority of your life and all the relationships in your world will inevitably fall in order. And this is hard for us because we think in system. We think in law. We think in rule. We think in, uh, God, no, just, just tell me what it is. No, what I love about God is God does not give you a list of priorities. He gives you a heart of value. Most of us, we want this list. Like, just give it to me, God. I can, I can step up. I can obey. I can, I, can, I, can, I can just give me this priority list and I'll prioritize it and I'll be obedient. No, God says, not work like this. In my kingdom, we value people. And as, watch it, in fact, write down number two. As our opportunities, our priorities don't change, our opportunities will change. Our priorities do not change from year to year. My, my New Year's resolution might change. 2017, I entered into this year with some resolutions. I'm going to attack this. I'm going to get buff. Check that off the list already. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Green bandana, let's go. My New Year's resolutions might change, but my priorities in this kingdom do not change. The only thing that changes is my opportunities. 
my opportunities just pop up. They just appear. This is so Jesus. This is so, that's what I love about Jesus. Jesus lived a life where his priorities never changed. The only thing that changed was opportunity. He would walk down the street. He would see a man named Zacchaeus, and he'd go, boom, opportunity. I've got to invest in this guy. There's something happening in this guy. He would walk into a, to a woman uh, at the well, and he would look at it, this opportunity, and all the guys were back in the city, and he'd say, no, nope, there's an opportunity that's changed. My priority didn't change. My opportunity changed. He would walk by a man named Blind Bartimaeus, and this guy's crying out for help. His, his priority didn't change. His opportunity changed. He was preaching in a church service one time, and they lowered a man through the roof, and they lowered him down, and his priority didn't change. His opportunity changed. I am wondering for your world, do you have the heart value like the King of Kings that you can literally see the opportunities that are coming your way so you can cease the moment and cease the day and actually be a person that says, I, whatever opportunities you bring my way, I am going to love people. Love this about Jesus because he modeled what it looked like to just go from opportunity to opportunity. It's an opportunity to love. It's an opportunity to be encouraging. You ever be at your house and you're like, whoo, I need so bad to text this person and encourage him right now. Yeah, you ever just sense like, I don't know what it is, but I need to go, I need to meet and get coffee with or get lunch with this person this week. There's something happening here. God will continue to bring you opportunity and he never changes the value. God is not a God that's over here going like top five, top five, top five. You need these five people, you need these five people. And then six months later, let's reassess, let's re, Rick, let's reassess, let's reevaluate. Our priorities are going to change. Now we're doing this and that and the other. Jesus just lived a life of going, my priorities never change. My opportunities are always at changing. My opportunities are, I got an opportunity to bless the barista. I got an opportunity to bless some one of my family members. I got an opportunity to bless somebody with, well, I'm a Venmo square cash somebody and bless them right now. I'm going to encourage somebody via text. I'm going to stand with somebody and have a 30-minute to 45-minute conversation because they need eye contact and they need somebody to speak life over them. I wonder if you are keeping your priorities the kingdom of God's priorities, and you are going from opportunity to opportunity in your life to be a blessing. Come on, anybody want to be a blessing in Los Angeles? I love my city. How about you? Love this about Jesus. This is so Jesus. He says, you buy this field, and you get this pearl, and now it's, it's his world. It's his values. It's the way he sees humanity. I can't sit on my couch and say, I don't like these guys, and these guys are out. And the No, because the king actually says he loves everybody. So my values never change, but my opportunities are always changing. The opportunities I had to bless people yesterday are not the opportunities I'm walking in tonight. I've got opportunities after this service to encourage folks, thanks for serving today. I've got opportunities to make new friends after church. I've got opportunities tomorrow to be in a connect group. I've got opportunities that are coming my way this week so I can take a divine appointment and I can speak life over to somebody and I can bless somebody. Come on, anybody thankful this week that you got some opportunities coming your way and you can actually take the heart of God and the heart of this king and you can capitalize on that thing this week. In fact, you can write down point number three. I wonder what it would look like in your world if you just made the decision to meet the need. Because there are so many needs around us. We have hurting people that are broken that need some, some love and some encouragement. We have some people within the church that are barely hanging on from Sunday to Sunday that need a hug and need some grace and need you to come around them and say, let's get together and watch the Oscars. I DVR'd it. I got some popcorn at the house and some Sprite and some ginger juice and we can you thought I was going to do it again watch here Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 is this encouraging anybody tonight 
Galatians 6.10, watch what the Bible says here. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity. Can I just ask you tonight, do you see today as an opportunity? Let me see your hand if you see today as an opportunity. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the, of the household of Zoe Church L.A., especially to those who are of the house of faith. In other words, when I place the kingdom of God as the value and I see all people as, 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 as the king of kings, now I'm, just, I'm seeing where can I meet the need. Where can I step up and meet the need? I am not just trying to meet the need of poor people. I am not just trying to meet the need of people that are in prison. I am not just trying to meet the need of widows and orphans, although that is a need we'll talk about. I am also trying to meet the need of my own family. I am trying to meet the need of people that come to this church. I am trying to step up and meet the need as I see it, as I discern it, as the opportunity presents itself. I'm trying to step up and speak life and declare God's word and declare God's blessing. Come on, anybody down with me at Zoe Church to be a blessing to those who are in the household of faith. I'm stepping out on the ledge. I'm so excited about it. I just, I, I wonder what your relationships look like because I wonder if you're a person that is trying to get yours or you're trying to give yours. So many of us are disappointed in our relationships because you think it's about what you can receive and God's looking for some people that are obsessed with giving. Stepping up to meet the need. Stepping up to say, how can I help? How can I serve? All of us want to be blessed. Few of us want to be a blessing. And you say, I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to meet the need. My, i got a friend that's in need. I've got Jesus, blind Bartimaeus, woman at the well, woman caught in adultery, legion filled with demons. All throughout his life, he just, I'm going to meet the need. I'm going to meet the need. I'm going to meet the need. He didn't never look at one guy and go, you don't, you don't fit. In fact, one time, he tried to ostracize one lady. There was, she, she came, she was a Samaritan. She was a Gentile. She came up, she, and she was trying to get some, some of Jesus. And Jesus looked at her, and she said, no, nah, he goes, I didn't even come for you. You're not from the household. I've been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Israel, and, 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 and she said, you know what, but even the dogs can get some of the crumbs from the table. And Jesus looked at her and he said, woo, I've never seen faith like this. And he gave her what he had. He met her need. Jesus knew his audience and the value of people, and he knew when there was a need that he could step up and fulfill that thing. I wonder what your life would look like if you started living every day wondering, who can I be a blessing to today? Who can I share my faith with today? Who can I send some encouragement today? Who can I, come on, anybody thankful tonight that you have the opportunity that's coming your way tonight, tomorrow, this week, and this year to be a blessing? And just make the decision, I'm going to step up and I'm going to meet the needs that are before me. I, I think that Jesus modeled three areas where he met the need. He met the need of putting the Father first. Jesus first put God as the priority of his life. Jesus would say things like this. He said, I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. I don't do anything unless the Father tells me. He met the need of having a relationship with God. Jesus met the need of the household of faith. He would take care of the disciples. He would preach these brilliant messages from a boat or from a hill and talk to the thousands. And then he would go and meet the need of just a few disciples to tell them exactly what was going on. In fact, the Bible says in Mark chapter 3, the disciples, they were with him. He knew how to take care of his own. He knew how to work hard for the people that were working hard for him. And Jesus, third and lastly, he knew how to meet the need for people that were broken in his world. It says in Matthew chapter 
chapter 11 that Jesus himself, they called him a wine-bibber and a glutton and a friend of sinners. They were disgusted at our Messiah. They hated our Christ because they said, how in the world can he go to One Oak Club? Club? Why in the world is he at Catch LA? He's hanging out with people that don't go to the church. They don't talk like us, act like us, dress like us. They do bad things. They listen to bad music. They say bad words. They don't just have ginger shots. They have other shots. And we're so upset about it. And Jesus said, no, no, you don't understand. I'm meeting the need in their life. I'm going to dark places to shine bright, to let them know church isn't what you think it is. Grace isn't what you think it is. And I'm going to spin the whole thing on his, on his head, and I'm going to prove to you that I am actually a God of grace. I'm a God of mercy. I'm a God of love. I'm not a God of condemnation. Come on, somebody help me preach tonight in the 7 p.m. service if you're believing that you and I could step up and meet the need, not just of church folk, but even of lost folk. Just wonder what this looks like in your world this, this week, practically speaking. What does it look like for you stepping up to meet the need? Maybe you've been neglecting your family. Maybe you've been neglecting your closest friends. Why is it that we hurt the most the people that we love the most? I wonder what it would look like if you got off your phone and started paying attention to some people in your world. Say, I'm going to meet the need this week. I'm going to meet the need. I'm going to get eyeball to eyeball with some folks and let them know how valuable they are. I'm going to prioritize some people in my world. My priorities haven't changed, but I'm just going to get some opportunities going in my world this, this week, and I'm going to meet the need. I love this about Jesus. He was a God that met the need all the time. What do you need? I'll feed 5,000. What do you need? I'll give you a word of knowledge. What do you need? I'll perform a miracle. Jesus knew how to meet the need time and time again. I wonder, is it said true of us because we've entered into the kingdom and now the king is leading us into valuing people and it's not a list of people, it's a value of heart. I love this about Jesus so much. You might be here going like, all right, all right. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll meet the need. I'll, 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 I'll say hi to somebody. I'll honk and let somebody go out in front of me. <laughs> oh, you holy. Because you let somebody go. What is the standard for meeting the need in people in my world? And what does the Bible have to say about me loving people and valuing people in this kingdom? Is it subjective? Does it have to do with age? Maturation of faith? Is it, um, do you graduate to this? The Bible is going to tell us in just a moment that you and I can actually look at the standard and go, oh, oh, okay, that's what this looks like. Me not just having a list of people, family, friends, co-workers. Okay, good, check it off. I'm good. No, no, but I'm entering in, and now it's, it's not science, is it, church? It's art. It's not planned out. It's, it's opportunity day by day. Well, what does the standard look like in my world? Write down point number four tonight. You can actually see the standard here in Romans 12. And the Bible's going to teach us exactly what it looks like to be a person that prioritizes our relationships correctly. Watch what the Bible says here in Romans 12. It says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from the evil. Hold on for dear life to be good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. 
Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Somebody say amen. Help needy. That was the weakest amen. Help needy Christians. Somebody say amen. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. And don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry and you go buy that person lunch or if he's thirsty and you go get him a drink, ginger, shots, your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank the Bible for giving us the standard of being a blessing in our world. Isn't it amazing? The Bible and worship team, you can come join. The Bible is teaching us what it looks like to transfer from being a rigid religious person of rules and regulations, my priorities, to entering into this wild adventure with the king. This is what the Bible refers to as the unforced rhythms of grace. It's the reality of relationships on this earth. It's now the idea that I submit my time to the king. King, my time is not my time, it's your time. My life. In fact, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives through me. And so now I live a life in my relationships, in this reality. I am within a kingdom with a king, and I'm looking for the opportunities he's sending me my way, and I want to meet the needs, and I want to do it by the standards of the Bible. I'm not doing it by my standards. I'm not doing it by the, you know, you know, you know some people look at you for going to church, and they look at you for, for paying your tithes and offerings, and they look at you for not having sex out of marriage, and they look at you and go, wow, oh my gosh, you're unbelievable. This is amazing. You're unbelievable. Un unreal. How do you do it? How do you do it? For real. No sex before marriage. How do you do it? But you're not doing it, so you're, how do you do it? How do you not do it? Do it. You get what I mean, right? You have to be very careful. Please hear me. Do not measure yourself against the world. That is not my standard. I'm not living according to their kingdom. I'm living according to my king's kingdom. And as, as he sees fit, I'm taking the opportunity as it comes. As he sees fit, he's given me the strength to meet the need in somebody's world. As he sees fit, I've seen the standard, and I'm not coming in at level C. I'm actually going for an A. I'm actually saying, okay, king, I've leveraged everything. I've bought the field, and I've got a pearl, and I, I've wintered in this thing heart and soul. And I'm saying to you, God, I'm going to love ferociously. I'm going to love tenaciously. I'm going to love heart and soul. I'm not holding back. I'm not just giving it to my family. I'm not just giving it to my friends. It's not just Susie and Rick. I'm going to give it to my barista. I'm going to give it to people that need help. I'm going to help people that need the love of Jesus in my life. When you make this your priority, you transfer from living, living a rigid, ruled, following, systematic, law-driven life into the wild adventure of grace. 
Oh, I pray, Zoe Church, that as we walk from downtown L.A. to West Hollywood in the valley and even in South Bay, that we just be looking. Give me an opportunity because I see an opportunity coming my way, and I'm going to love you at the standard the Bible says. I'm going to be tenderhearted. I'm going to be generous. I'm not going to repay evil with evil, but I'm going to overcome evil with good. What would your life look like if you stopped playing according to the rules of this world and started entering in once again to the kingdom of God? Because the Bible says if you seek first the kingdom of God and you seek his righteousness, all these other things will be, in other words, translation, all of your relationships fall into line when the king is first. We have this new thing at, at my house, you know, when, when you come together and you, and, and you pray over the meal. And, you know, nothing bothers me more than when all the meal is set before us and you got some knucklehead that wants to say a long prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. We've got this new thing at the house where we'll pick up our ginger shots. It's good, right? We'll pick up our water. We'll pick up our glass. And we'll say a prayer like this. To the king. My three-year-old, Winston. He'll pick up his cup and we'll say pray and he'll say to the king because at our home we bought the field I've got the pearl I'm in this kingdom not of this world I'm in the king's kingdom and in this kingdom it is not a list of priorities it is constant opportunity. Because you and I don't get to be the people that go like, okay, um, I will, I'll prioritize church friends, sinner friends, co-workers. Like, what is this, right? God says, no, no, no. You come into my kingdom. Come on, am I preaching to anybody at Zoe Church tonight that wants to make the decision to have the priorities of your relationships intact? I don't know where you're at tonight, but I want to ask you, not about your relationships, but I want to just, I want to ask you, have you found the treasure? Did you buy the field? Did you give it all for the pearl? Because we will never have right relationships until we first get right with the king of all kings. And I don't know about you, but I found that field. And I paid everything I had to get the treasure that was in it. I've got a pearl at my house and i got a pearl at my heart. And I'm not looking back. I'm going to love as much as I can because I found a love that is greater than anything the world could ever offer. Come on, why don't we put our hands together and thank God tonight. Come on, you and I, we found grace and found love and found mercy. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? Jesus, we thank you that you're so amazing. We thank you that your love is so overwhelming. We thank you that you're the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And we receive tonight salvation. We receive tonight your, your unending love. Lord, tonight we declare as a church, we're going to buy that field. We declare as a church, the pearl belongs to us. Lord, we say that you are our king and we live in your kingdom. Oh, come on. If you Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe 
Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.